Bear on Bears fans, we got to get in the trenches with this with J-Mac today as we are back for another episode of the Chicago Bears podcast. And J-Mac, we've, we've been looking at every position possible to fix the Chicago Bears team, the quarterback, wide receivers, three technique, uh, 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 edge rusher. We got to take a closer look, though, at those names in the trenches and to do that, take it away, J-Mac, because you got a yeah. special guest for us today. Yeah, we got a special guest, uh, Brandon Thorne, a guy who knows, you know, all things offense, defensive line. We know in this game, everything starts up front. And uh, Brandon's a guy who puts on a lot of time crunching film, doing a lot of anal- analyzing these prospects. Uh, he was down in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. He took some time out to join us today to talk about these prospects here upcoming in the draft. Uh, Brandon's a, he's a football scout. He's an analyst. He's also the owner of Trench Warfare Newsletter. Make sure oh, you guys yeah. subscribe to that. I subscribe to it as well. A lot of great information. He's also a contributor to O-Line Mastermind Summit down there in Texas. Brandon Thorne, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. No, appreciate having you on, Brandon. I mean, listen, this is uh, this is probably the most important year for the Chicago Bears as far as uh, all the all the positions mentioned: quarterback, uh, uh, center, left tackle, all all the the positions that we looked at all year and we're like, okay, maybe this is not what we want to see. But the trenches is where it all gets started, and that's why I'm so excited to have you on because when you look at some of the prospects that are coming out right now. When you look at some of the names, who's the name right now that is standing out the most to you that looks like he's just going to be a monster in the trenches at the NFL level? Yeah, it's uh, it's tough to pin down one. I mean, there's there's two tackles, you know, that I think are kind of 1A, 1B, and that's uh, Joe Walt from Notre Dame and Olu Fashanu from Penn State. Um, so, they're both left tackles, and uh, they have the highest grade for me. Um, I do scouting reports and grades for Bleacher Report, um, so I, I do all the offensive line in the draft. It's my fourth year in a row doing it for them, and uh, you know those guys have like top ten type of grades for me. So mm-hmm. um, you know it's it's those two guys, and then after them, there's probably like three other guys with like true first round grades for me. Uh, J.C. Latham from Alabama. Um, and then there's a, a few interior guys, Troy Fontenew from Washington, who's actually a college left tackle who I project to play inside, but, you know, could potentially play tackle. And then there's a center, uh, from Oregon, uh, won the Remington award, uh, Jackson powers Johnson. So those guys to me have true first round grades. And then there's some like, you know, fringe first second round type graded guys. There's a bunch of those guys. And uh, I'm sure a bunch of those guys are going to go in the first round as well. This is a very, very good offensive line class, specifically at tackle and center, I think. Yeah, Brandon, talking about the interior line, you know, the Bears, I think they struggled with those positions last year. You know, we're losing. Uh, Lucas Patrick may not be back in uniform. Cody Whitehair uh, just got released. In terms of the interior offensive line, uh, what are some of the traits and high-level skill sets uh, in terms of your evaluation that makes these players high picks and that you think that would translate to them having a great NFL career? Yeah, I mean, you know, you look at physical traits and, uh, of course, size, you know, frame and build, um, just kind of how they're put together combined with their age, you know, because then that could kind of give you an idea of, you know, their their runway, you know, for development and 
you know, if they come in, they're 24, 25, or if they come in, they're 20, 21, that kind of makes a big difference. Um, So you pair those things together and then you kind of have an idea of what you're working with. Uh, Of course, athletic ability um, and, and how that looks on film more so than like what we're about to see here at the combine, which I'll, you know, I'll be there tomorrow. I'm flying over to Indy for that and I'll watch them work out. And I love doing that, but you know, in the end, it's really just kind of a cross check to what you saw on film. So you got to see it on film. Um, so yeah, just how they move around, you know, fluidity of movement, how they recover, I think is huge. Um, and this is kind of all offensive line, but, uh, interior, you know, for sure, specifically interior, I think you really start emphasizing like play strength just because of the guys that they're going to be going against are bigger and stronger. Um, and then also an underrated one for me for interior is uh, use of hands because everything happens so quickly. You know, there's not a lot of space inside there as opposed to tackle. So you can lose very quickly if your hands aren't right in terms of timing and placement. Uh, so yeah, I, I think use of hands um, with timing and placement is huge. And then uh, just competitive toughness, you know, it's, it's just a little bit more physical inside typically. So you want a guy to kind of bring an edge, you know, about him as well. You know, that always helps. So there's a few guys, you know, in this class that I, I think it'd be really, there's several actually who I think would be definitely like starters, early starters, you know, in the NFL interior wise and guys that make sense for the bears. That's, that's kind of where I wanted to go with this because the, the biggest question the bears are going to have right now is the quarterback position. Of course, Caleb Williams, what is, is he coming to Chicago? If the bears do draft him, you would think they want to address center in the draft as well. What are your thoughts on the centers in this draft? Do you feel like there's somebody, maybe Jackson Powers Johnson or Cedric Van Pran, who can be a day one starter that you can pair with a day one rookie quarterback, right? Like, do you feel like that there's somebody in the draft that fits that mold? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this is a, like I mentioned at the top, this is a really good center class. So uh, Jackson Powers Johnson, for sure. Um, uh, Zach Frazier uh, from West Virginia, who's I just did a film room with him. Uh, he, he's a really good player, uh, four-time heavyweight state champ in high school. He was like a hundred. I like that. I like that. Yeah, he's like 159 and two or something. Um, but you could see that translate to the film as well. It's all over his tape. Just uh, you know, elite level play strength. Uh, a little bit more of like kind of a squattier kind of build, dude. Like six two and change. Um, but you know, he's 315 and you know, he has, he has enough size, but, um, he's certainly a guy that I could see being a Chicago bear. Uh, and then also Graham Barton, uh, from Duke who played left tackle, but he played center as a freshman. And, uh, I think a lot of teams are looking at him as a center or a guard. I have him as a guard, but, uh, I could definitely see him playing center. So Jackson power, Johnson, Barton and Frazier are my top three centers. And then Van Pran would be, uh, probably my fourth later in the draft. I, I'm just a little lower on him in ter- compared to those guys. I just don't think he's the caliber of athlete as those guys are in terms of movement skills, what he could do at the second level, um, in, you know, and in, in some of those you know screens, you know, climbs, anything like that. He just doesn't bring the same uh, effectiveness as those guys do, I don't think. Uh, but Van Prince played a lot of football in the SEC. He's a renowned leader. Uh, which most centers are. I mean, if you're going to play center at a high level, typically you're going to be a good leader. You're going to be very smart. You know, you got to quarterback the line and, and those sorts of things. So if they wanted to address the position a little bit later, you know, like rounds three or four, 
Right. I think Van Pran could be an option. Um, but if you want to go, you know, blue chip kind of or close to it, you know, like an instant type starter with a lot of upside, I think those three guys I mentioned would all make a lot of sense. Yeah, let's talk about guys who, you know, aren't getting the recognition right now, guys who aren't slated to be, you know, early round guys. And we've seen it time and time again, guys coming to this league as late round draft picks, undrafted free agents that have long careers and have been successful. Uh, who was the guy that you evaluated that you think, you know, by the time that, you know, you leave the combine could make a name for himself or jump up some draft boards? At center or just interior? Or? Uh, just in general on the offensive yeah. line. Yeah. Um, let me let me just look at tackle. I mean, there there's definitely going to be – I mean, the tackle class is, is very deep, uh, but most of these guys are going to be drafted pretty high. In terms of later-round guys, um, I would probably say somebody like – Blake Fisher could could make some noise. Notre Dame's other tackle yeah. uh, opposite Joe Alt. So he played right tackle. He's a redshirt sophomore. He's pretty inexperienced, pretty raw. Um, you know, didn't participate, uh, you know, at the Senior Bowl or the Shrine. Um, so we didn't get to see him there. So he doesn't have, you know, the same amount of buzz as some of these other guys who participated in those. Um, but I think he could probably test pretty well. He moves well. He's 6'6", about 315 you know, long arms, um, you know, like I said, moves well, definitely brings an edge, you know, about him. Um, and he has pretty good power. Just, it's just going to take a little bit of time, I think, before he's a reliable starter. Um, but that's a guy later in the draft, I think, who, you know, after the combine could, you know, have some buzz uh, for sure. And then interior wise, um, a guy that maybe a lot of people aren't talking about, I would say Christian Mahogany uh, from Boston College. Uh, he played right guard there, and uh, he he actually was at the Shrine. He won practice player of the week there, um, but the Shrine doesn't have the same, you, you know, uh, publicity as the Senior Bowl, so I still don't think a lot of people are talking about him, and I think he's going to test better than people expect because on film he's kind of like a brawler, like a bouncer. You know, he's big, imposing, physical, powerful, all those kind of things, but he actually moves better than I think people are giving him credit for. So he's a guy, I think, after the combine that could probably have some more buzz on him as well. Right now, a big position of question for the Bears is that left tackle position as well because Braxton Jones, been in the league a couple years now, fifth-round pick. He's developed, but maybe hasn't gotten to the point where you feel like he's a star in the making or he's going to be that premier left tackle in the future what's your assessment of kind of what Braxton has done at the NFL level to this point and do you feel that the uh, two top names that you mentioned Olaf Shano and Joe Alt are clear upgrades over what the Bears currently have yeah so I mean I think like you mentioned getting Braxton Jones where they did in the draft you know the fifth round especially out of a small school southern Utah and you know for him to come in start right away and play the last yeah. two years I think it's definitely, uh, you know, you won that pick as the, you know, as a Chicago Bears franchise, that was a, a winning pick. But I think you also have to balance that out with when you watch him on film, you know, comparing him to the other starting tackles in the league, especially the higher level guys, he's not on that level either. So you can certainly upgrade the position with, I think, one of those two guys, maybe even some of these other guys as well. You'll just have more upside there with like a J.C. Mm -hmm. Latham, even though Latham probably won't play left, so maybe not him. Amarius Mims uh, from Georgia, I don't know if he's going to play left. He's a right tackle too. Um, actually, there's there's a few right tackles that 
haven't played left, so we don't really know there. Um, but yeah, Alton Fashanu, I think, would upgrade that position. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, I think Braxton Jones is, you know, kind of a middle of the road type of starter at left tackle, better run blocker than pass blocker. And that's really where the ceiling is capped for him as a, as a pass protector, uh, especially on an island, true drop back passes, you know, obvious pass situations. He's, um, I think, limited in terms of, you know, range. Um, you know, anchoring when, uh, you know, against rushers who can really threaten him with speed and get him opened up, um, you know, convert speed to power. Uh, he struggles with that. And I think he has since college. And I just, I don't know how correctable that is going to be. I think ideally, if you have a great offensive line, he's your swing tackle, but Mm -hmm. you know, the bears are kind of far away from that. So yeah, I mean, if they went next year and had him as their starter again, and with a major upgrade at center, that would make sense to me. Um, but at the same time, you know, if they want to go high at tackle and later at center in the draft, then, you know, there's a bunch of different ways you could go about it. It just depends on how you want to construct the offensive line. We got options. I like options. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, granted, yeah, I want, to, I want to take it back a little bit. So where, where did this love of scouting come from? How did you start doing it? What made you fall in love with crunching film, analyzing players, breaking down, giving your assessment? Uh, you know, of these offensive and defensive line. I mean, it, you know, going way back to just the way I grew up, my dad, you know, just kind of instilling in me football, you know, from a young age and uh, watching it. And then I got into like playing Madden back in the day, um, hardcore, like winning money from that. And, you know, just because I knew the rosters, I studied the rosters and, uh, you know, I really appreciated offensive line, watch football, read about football. I was just like a, a huge football fan, played it, you know, throughout high school and stuff and before joining the military. And when I got in the military, it just kept growing, um, you know, my love of it. And I started writing for free for different websites while I was still in, uh, you know, just putting together mock drafts and scouting reports of all positions. Didn't really know what I was doing necessarily, but I, I loved it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, about eight, nine years in the military, I had an opportunity to get out early to pursue scouting. And, and I did, I took that, that jump, that leap of faith and, uh, started from, you know, the ground basically, you know, had no connections or anything like that. And just one thing led to another. I feel like, you know, the Lord opened up doors for me, um, you know, along the way and I met the right people. I think my biggest break was meeting uh, the former general manager of the Broncos when I was I was stationed in Colorado. Uh, he was an Air Force veteran, and I just stumbled across his page on Twitter. This was in like 2013, 2014, yeah. and uh, he had a website, and there was like not a lot of content on there. I just reached out, and I told him about my background, and I was like, hey, I'd love to write for your site, and I did. And then we actually connected and started a podcast together, and he just taught me a lot about the NFL um, just his journey and everything. And, and then that just led to a lot of connections and people just kind of guiding me along the way. And, and I did the scouting Academy taught by NFL scouts and NFL coaches, which I highly recommend to anybody who's interested in scouting. I did that. And then, and then I just, you know, I was in a position where I was able to travel and I, I went to different clinics and, uh, things like that, and just tried to immerse myself in it. And, uh, I realized quickly on Twitter that nobody was talking about offensive line and if they did, they didn't really do a great job of like explaining it. So I was like, man, you know, this is probably an opportunity to, you know, really drill into that position. And I always loved offensive line anyway. I played it in high school. Um, so, yeah, it just kind of built 
you know, over the last 10 years. And here we are, you know, I'm doing it full time and, you know, I'm just like a dream job, you know, for me, cause I just, I love it. When you, when you wake up on Mondays and you're not like, Oh God, I got to go to work today. It's just like, Oh, this is, this is not, I'm breaking down what I want to do today. Like that's, that is a story that I definitely can connect with, with my journey getting into this. Who, who was the person, right? Because I feel like everybody has that person where, if you didn't play at an NFL level or high college level, there's that one person that gives you the, man, you actually know your stuff. Who was that person for you that was like, oh, snap, I know what I'm doing out here, dog. They, they can't tell me nothing. <laughs> yeah. Man, you know, I, I think Duke Mannyweather is the first one that comes up, and he's a trainer for offensive linemen right now, pro in college, and kind of the, the top guy doing it right now. Um, he has a lot of these guys we've been talking about uh, just under his wing right now, training for the combine and then a lot of NFL guys. Uh, but yeah, he, he coached, he played um, and he was strength and conditioning coach, position coach, all this stuff. And and then uh, just really, into, into, um, you know, the strength and conditioning aspect of it. And that's something that I was into as well. I was, I was doing personal training and stuff like that when I first got out as kind of a side thing. And I'm really fascinated by, kinesiology and just human movement and that kind of thing. And I tried to marry that with my, with my scouting and he recognized it early on. Um, so that one, that one definitely sticks out. And then with Charles Bentley as well, um, back in 2016, I went to his first clinic in uh, Phoenix and, um, yeah, he was, he was amazing to me. Um, just letting me come and seeing that I, you know, kind of knew what I was doing a little bit, but saw my passion for it and, uh, yeah, so those two guys for offensive line specifically, those guys really stick out. Yeah, Brendan, let's talk about a tell tell everybody the viewers about trench warfare. You know, I've been a subscriber. I know right now you have your uh, your film room series in which you're breaking down tape with various prospects that'll be in Indy uh, this this week. Uh, talk about trench warfare. Yeah, so trench warfare um, through Substack. I started. I wanted to start my own thing to so I can have kind of the the flexibility and you know to kind of go where, wherever I wanted to go with with the content, you know, and not have anybody kind of direct it for me. So that was kind of my intent. I wanted to have a, a space, you know, to to kind of just explore different things that interested me. So I started this about three and a half, four years ago now, and uh, yeah, that's basically what I do. I put out content that you know, is unique. It's focused exclusively on offensive and defensive line play. I do like analytic type stuff for defensive linemen and then offensive linemen. It's heavy into film, uh, film breakdowns, analysis. I have on various guests and a lot of NFL players join me for film rooms. And then right now I'm doing the college guys. So I've had on Joe Walt, I've had on Olu Fashano, JC Latham, um, you know, and I've had on Jackson Powers, Johnson, Zach Frazier, Graham Barton, and I'm going to have on a lot more guys. So I just try and basically the idea behind the film room piece is I just want to sit down with these guys, kind of put the ball on the tee and let them just hit it out of the park. You know what I mean? And just like really elevate them and show people what they do well. And then of course I'm going to put in a couple plays where they don't win, you know, they lose and let them explain those. But the idea is for people to see like, you know, what they can bring to a team, how they can help a team and then get to know them on a level that, you're not going to get, you know, on ESPN or any of those places who are very like big picture surface level, you know, kind of stuff. So we really get into the weeds about offensive line technique, you know, all the, all the kind of stuff that coaches like players like, you know, and that's my audience, you know, so that's who I try and serve 
with, with that platform. I thought it was very interesting right, when when you were doing the um, the Jackson Powers Johnson one, right? Like he was, I saw the clip on YouTube where he's breaking down a play where he's like, I wasn't supposed to do that. I yeah. just needed to hit somebody. Right. Like, like showing their personality, mm-hmm. showing that side of them. I think that's such a great thing because like the second I heard that, I was like, that's a Ryan Poles guy. Ryan Poles' mm-hmm. description of Braxton, or uh, not Braxton, of Darnell Wright last year was he's the prick you want on your team. He's just trying to hit somebody. And he's going to make sure that he lays them out when he does get to them, but he's also got the technique. Who's been the best personality that you've had on out of these young draft class that you've been like, okay, this, this kid's got le- that leadership tendency. Of course, you said all centers have it, but yeah. that leadership tendency that like he's just going to get the job done no matter what. Yeah, I mean, well, that that guy probably sticks out as much as anybody. Jackson Powers Johnson, just you could get you get his personality real quick if you listen to the film room. Uh, it just it just shows up. Um, it's obvious he's definitely extroverted in a lot of ways. You know, I mean, he's he he tells you what he thinks. He's he's upfront, honest, um, and you know, very confident. Um, but there's also a lot of attention to detail too, which was always cool to see. Yeah. Um, you know, as well, but he definitely, in terms of personality stood out, you know, a lot. Um, I've heard over the years that like center, you, you want them to have a lot of confidence border bordering on cockiness, you know? And I mean, you know, yeah. Jason knows Ole yeah. really well and, you know, um, you know, other centers, I'm sure. I mean, that's just kind of how they are, you know, that you need to be very confident in what you're doing because I mean, you're leading a team within the team you know, uh, on the offensive line, you're the quarterback in the line. So uh, I think Powers Johnson has that. Zach Frazier has that. Um, So, yeah, there's guys that, you know, I I think center is my favorite guy, my favorite position to talk to, because those are the kind of guys you typically get. Uh, They could talk football at a real high level. And I learn a lot from those guys and they just love talking football. So, I mean, yeah, centers are always great to talk to. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball, Brandon. Some of the guys who we've heard about, the Dallas Turners, the Jared Versus, like who are some of the top guys that that you got to see down there in Mobile at the Senior Bowl? And then some of the guys that you've seen on tape uh, through your evaluations. Yeah, so defensive line, just, you know, for a caveat, I, I don't study these guys in college like I do the the offensive line, but I have seen a lot of them just studying offensive lines. So, uh, but with that said, I mean, guys that stand out are a lot of the big name guys like uh, uh, Latu from UCLA. He was at the Senior Bowl. Um, he's going to be at the Combine. He has a really interesting background. I think he medically retired at one point or, or something like that, similar to Jalen Phillips, who came out a few years ago, is on the Dolphins now and has had a really good career. But um, but yeah, anyway, I, I think Latu might be the most skilled edge rusher in the N- or in the NFL draft. Uh, just in terms of using his hands, knowing how to set up blockers, having a you know a repertoire of moves, um, he's just a really polished, skilled pass rusher. Um, but I think his testing and, and his medical stuff at the combine is going to be huge. So uh, we'll we'll see you know how, how after the week how that all that unfolds. Uh, but Latu definitely sticks out to me. There's another guy. I mean, there's some other big name guys like Jared Verse and Turner. I think Turner's just going to blow up the combine. He's an athletic freak. Uh, same with Chop Robinson from PSU or uh, yeah, Penn State. Those guys are going to kill the combine in terms of the testing. Um, there's another guy I like later in the draft, though, maybe second round, and that's uh, Braylon Trice from Washington. Um, 6'4", 275. 
just a good power rusher, relentless. Uh, he's given a lot of the guys that I've watched in this class trouble um, just with his power and his ability to go inside uh, and cross their face. So he's a guy who stands out to me who could be like a, just a really good number two edge rusher, um, you know, who's just going to bring a lot of energy and he's going to just be, be a guy who can wear tackles down in the NFL. So those two guys, you know, or those few guys definitely stand out interior wise. I mean, I think, you know, Jerzon Newton from Illinois, I mean, he stands out, man. He reminds me of Sheldon Richardson, um, who's retired now, but uh, from Missouri back in the day. And, you know, very similar body type. And just the way he can deconstruct blocks is you know, outstanding. It's, it's very difficult to block him. Um, so I think he's going to make, you know, a lot of noise here. He's actually rehabbing right now. So combine, I don't think he's going to be participating. I think he had surgery recently, but. Man, hopefully teams don't overthink him because you know he's definitely a good player. That that was going to be my question because Jazan Newton is somebody who I've I mean listen Illinois I'm unfortunately I'm an Illinois football fan so that's all I have okay, uh, okay. It's, it's 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 tough um, but Jerzon Newton was an absolute bright spot this year yeah. he, he was a monster and it seems like people are as the draft talk continues to go I see his name starting to go the wrong direction what are people seeing about him. That feels like, like you said, they're just overthinking this one because when I see him, I'm like, this guy looks like an absolute monster at every level. Yeah, I mean, I think worst case, he's just going to be a good player, you know, like an above average starter. And I think that's worst case, you know. So um, I don't know that he'll be an all pro. I don't know if he's that level of athlete or pass rusher, but great against the run. And he is going to give guys trouble as a pass rusher, at least a little bit. I mean, I guess the only things that I've really heard, you know, I think one of the big things is the injury. So now he's not going to test and he's not going to maybe answer some of those athletic questions. Um, Maybe he will at his pro day. I don't know. Uh, But so I think that might be one. I think he is a guy with like shorter arms, um, you know, which that doesn't really show up on film as a concern. So I think that that can get overrated real quick. Um, but I mean, I think that's going to be one of those things that people are going to nitpick, but aside from those two things, man, I don't know how you can watch him over the last two years and, you know, really poke a lot of major holes in his game. I mean, I think he's pretty safely going to be a good player in the NFL and yeah, I'd be shocked if he isn't. Yeah. Brandon, back in, uh, uh, this, uh, 2021 draft, you know, me and only Cruz had you on our no name podcast and we asked you who's our offensive lineman that you see in the Bears take. And they and you said Tevin Jenkins, and the Bears took Tevin Jenkins, and we see what's happened with his career. Uh, who's a guy uh, looking at that you evaluate that you say, you know what, he would be the guy in a Bears uniform, like they should take him? Man, uh, one guy. I mean, it's, so it's either between Jackson Powers Johnson and Zach Frazier. I think, you know, Ryan Poles is going to like both those guys. Um I don't know that he's going to draft a center in the first round, but I mean, I, I guess I'll just go with Jackson Powers Johnson um, because I just think it would be night and day from anything that they've had since maybe Olin Kurtz, you know, in terms of at center, uh, in terms of, you know, talent. Not that I'm not comparing, you know, him to Olin, but um, just in terms of the caliber of center, you know, having a, a guy with impact ability at that center position, I mean, you know, Cody Whitehair was, don't get me wrong, a solid player for a long time. You know, when he yeah. played center, he also played left guard. I know a lot. But yeah. Jackson Powers Johnson is a different 
kind of breed, you know, in terms of, I mean, he's 335 pounds and he moves, he's the most athletic center in the, in the draft. Um, and he's 335. So, and then, you, you know, he has a personality, all that type of stuff. Um, he's powerful. Uh, so like, that's why he's my top center. It's just the physical traits with him are so obvious and he's so talented that, you know, you bet on that. And he's very young as well. He just turned 21. So it's like, he has all of it. Um, the only downside with him is he's only started for one year and he's been dinged up prior to that. And he was dinged up at the senior bowl, even though he balled out for a day and a half, but then he got, you know, he had an hamstring that he brought into the week that he re-aggravated and now it might keep him out of some of the testing. So if you want to poke holes in Jackson Powers Johnson game, it's he's only started for one year and he's been dinged up. And that's the only concern you have with him being a good player at the NFL for a long time is, is can he stay on the field? Um, but aside from that, man, like the talent is just so obvious with him. So uh, I don't know where you're going to have to draft him. I would imagine to be in the first round. Um, but yeah, I just think if you, if you insert him into this offensive line, it would change everything, you know, and just in terms of what you can do and um, yeah, having him inside of Tevin and Nate Davis, I mean, that would be awesome if, if assuming those guys are going to be there and all that, but yeah, it, it would be really cool to pair him with a young quarterback. That would be awesome. Before we let you go, we have to ask you our road to the draft question brought to you by Toyota, Toyota. Let's go places. Brandon, we're putting you on the clock. Uh, and the question for you, what would be the traits for you to build your perfect offensive lineman to take in the draft? We got four traits here, strength, mental, hands, and of course that anchor. Just pick one. Well, no, I'm saying you, you pick one player based on each of those. So yeah. who, who's got the best strength right now in the draft? I think JC Latham is the strongest guy in the draft. So, um, yeah, kind of, kind of reminiscent of Tevin Jenkins, you know, come and Darnell Wright a little bit as well. Um, but he's just bigger. I mean, he's six, six, three sixty, And, uh, I don't know if he's going to weigh that at the combine. He might've lost weight for this, you know, but he played 335 two years ago and then 360 this past year. Um, but in terms of just sheer strength and power, he's he's the strongest guy in the class and anchor. So I would say play strength and anchor. He's definitely the guy in the class to me for those two traits in particular. When you think about the mental side of the offensive line, how much you have to go into and understand to play the position, who is, who is that guy that you think of that pops into your mind? I'd probably say Joe Walt. Uh, from, mm. from Notre Dame. Um, just going back to his background, I mean, his dad, you know, is in the Kansas City Chiefs Hall of Fame, uh, you know, for at left tackle. Um, so his dad played for like 12 years, was an all-pro, pro bowler. Um, so the way he grew up, you know, he grew up around the game and his dad put him at quarterback uh, and middle linebacker all throughout childhood playing because he wanted him to be able to see the field and uh, just know what everybody's doing. And so that's the way he grew up playing quarterback and middle offense and a middle linebacker. Um, and then he didn't play offensive line. I, I don't think until his junior or senior year of high school. Uh, so he's relatively new to the position. I mean, six, eight, three twenty five, uh, like a legit six, eight, a legit three twenty five uh, long arms. And he's very athletic. Um, and just when you talk to him, when I did my film room with him and everything I've heard about him, I mean, he's just, 
I don't want to say a football savant, but definitely like close to it. Like he's, he's reading safeties, he's reading uh, rotations and uh, you know, to determine who's coming and like, he's, yeah, he just sees the field a little differently, I think, and processes a little differently. So I would say Joe Walt for mental processing is, is the guy. Who's got the best hands in the draft right now. Who's got the best hand placement, best quickness with the hands. Mm, man. How would, it's hard, it's hard not to go Joe Walt for that one as well. Um, honestly, I think his hands are as good as it gets. Just to just to mix up, you know, this one, I would probably go with Troy Fontenot from Washington. Okay. Okay. Their left tackle. Um, you know, part of the Joe Moore Award winning offensive line this year for the the nation's best offensive line. And he was kind of the the guy who spearheaded it all uh at left tackle. And uh when you watch him, his hands are fast, violent um and just really really quick so that's why i like him going back to what i said about what i look for in interior offensive line hands that's why i like him to be able to translate inside well because his hands are so good um so yeah i I would probably say font new for hands and then you said uh jc latham had the best anchor but who's who's second best there just to switch it up there yeah yeah um second best anchor let's go taliese fuaga from oregon state I like that. Name. Yeah. So, like that and that's how you say it, by the way. I know there's a lot of pronunciations. I actually got no, it. I've been hearing so much yeah, wild right. stuff on his name. Fugua. F- I know. I know. Like- so it's Taliese and then Fuaga. So, um, but yeah, he, and just, I mean, he's another dude who's, you know, six, five and almost six, six, three thirty-five. I mean, and he's one of the strongest, best run blockers in the class. I have him projected inside, but he could definitely play right tackle for certain schemes. Um, but yeah, in terms of just stopping power and anchoring and, you know, maintaining the depth of the pocket really well, like he's, he's way up there. So I'd probably go with him. That's the guy you got to take the combination of JC Latham, Joe Alt, Troy Fontenot and Taliese Fuaga, number one overall pick, right? He's that's who we take number one. That's 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 Walter Jones right there. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you better you better be able to absorb force. I know that much. That's that's I mean that anchor is about it. Brandon knows absorbing force, being able to disengage, move your feet, all those Tracy's talked about. Um so yeah, Brandon, thanks for your time, man. I know you're a busy guy. Uh thanks for taking the time out to talk offensive line with us. Uh make sure you guys subscribe to Trench Warfare. I look forward to continuing to to uh, read up on the newsletter, watch the film rooms, and keep gaining great insight about offensive line play. Thanks for having me, guys. This was awesome. I had a lot of fun. I'm glad to have you on, man. As always, hit that like button, subscribe to the page, leave that five-star review. Y'all know what to do. Make sure you guys tune in with Brandon. As J-Max said, as always, it's your boy, Pat the Designer. Back at it again. Y'all stay safe out there, Chicago. Bear down. Let's get the O-line. Let's do that. Let's get the Bear down. Let's get the-